The views expressed by our podcast guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Federal Home Loan Bank of Dallas. Welcome to BankCast, a podcast from FHLB Dallas. I'm your host, Jeff Saban, and we're here today with our guest, Wes Ward. He's the Secretary of Agriculture in the state of Arkansas, and he'll discuss with us uh, the ag industry in the state. Secretary Ward is from Lake City in Northeast Arkansas. He holds a bachelor's degree in agricultural business from Arkansas State University up in Jonesboro. He also has a master's degree in ag economics and a law degree in agricultural and food law from the University of Arkansas. Mr. Ward served in the Marine Corps for more than 20 years and currently serves in the Marine Corps Reserves. He's been Ag Secretary since March of 2015. So, Secretary Ward, thanks for your service and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that and just a pleasure to be with you all this morning. So, let's jump right into it. Uh, Let's talk first about COVID-19. It's been this really disruptive force to our country in terms of how we work and how we live. Uh, I imagine that's especially true for your department, which is trying to ensure food safety and safe forestry products across the state. So can you tell us what effect is COVID having on the ag industry in Arkansas? Within the Department of Agriculture, we have uh, uh, livestock and poultry, plant industry, forestry, natural resources, uh, a broad uh, a range of programs that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And so just uh, immediately on, on sending a lot of people home was how do we how do we continue to provide the services that the industry relies on? Uh, and, and we worked very closely with the industry to, to make sure that we were continuing to do that. So we set up uh, very early on, set up uh, weekly calls with uh, ag stakeholders, uh, Farm Bureau, Cattlemen's, uh, uh, Ag Council, all of the trade groups uh, within the state uh, that represent the agriculture industry and a lot of the producers, uh, and just started working through challenges together. Uh, and that's been, uh, I think, a key highlight from, from Governor Hutchinson has been, you know, this is a, a new challenge that no one's ever been through before, uh, and we need to be working hand-in-hand with, with the industry and with the producers and with those that we work for, the constituents, to, to make sure that we're meeting their needs throughout the very challenging time. Uh, you know, for the most part, the agriculture industry, uh, the producer, the production side uh, is generally outdoors and they're distant, so that's been a little bit easier uh, from an industry perspective. Uh, it's been a little bit easier for, for agriculture to be able to follow a lot of the guidelines that others uh, maybe have had some challenges with. Uh, but we saw challenges on, on meat processing. We saw things on, uh, you know, uh, transportation on trying to move across state lines. And uh, but we've been able to work through work through a lot of those challenges uh, with our partners uh, in, in the best way possible. What are you seeing in terms of credit needs from farmers and ranchers, and what kind of credit stress are you seeing in that industry? Yeah, and I think that's an excellent question. Uh, and you know, agriculture certainly has has been uh, has, has faced some difficulties uh, on that end. Uh, and you know, a lot of that has been compounded by some of the trade issues uh, 
uh, and just the trade wars that we had kind of been in and had been working through that were, you know, really 2020 was a year that we, we were really optimistic that a lot of these trade issues would, uh, we would, we would start to see, uh, see the industry coming out of some of those challenges. Uh, so in the midst of coronavirus has been working through, through those aspects as well. Uh, but I think, uh, I think a lot of that question really kind of focuses on the, on the federal level. Uh, and we worked, uh, pretty closely with the, Congressional delegation. Uh, we've got great leadership in Arkansas and in the southern states on on just representing uh, agricultural needs. Uh, but working with the administration, working with the USDA uh, on uh, things that they were looking at, and so in particular, uh, the USDA Coronavirus Food Assistance Program uh, was something that uh, uh, was very we feel like was very helpful to the industry. Uh, you know, there were a couple of versions of that, uh, the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program uh, One, uh, which which those applications ended on September the 11th. Uh, but for Arkansas, what that meant was uh, about 18,000. 500 applications that were approved for a little over $140 million. Uh, fast forward from uh, CFAP 1 uh, to CFAP 2, uh, and that, that application period ends on, de- in, ends on December the 11th. Uh, but there's been 23,339 approved applications so far through that program uh, for a little over $167 million. Uh, so combined uh, with, the, with the USDA programs for the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, uh, over 41,800 approved applications uh, and over $307 million uh, that have came in to the agriculture industry in Arkansas uh, that otherwise, you know, if you just look at, if you look at our state and look at agriculture, uh, $21 billion economic impact, our state's largest industry. Uh, if you take that, that industry uh, without that $300 million uh, influx from, from payments this year, uh, as the producers and industry was working through the coronavirus, uh, you know, what sort of shape would we be in right now if it hadn't been for those payments? And so we, we're, we're of course, very thankful uh, for the support from USDA and from the administration on uh, helping the agriculture industry work through that from a state level. Uh, again, you know, over $307 million that otherwise would not have been there that, have, that has been very important. It's also my understanding that you have certain grant programs that are for the Arkansas Meat and Poultry Processing Group. So can you tell us a little bit about the grant programs and kind of how that works? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm very glad that you brought that up. That's been something that we've, uh, that we've worked on this year. And, you know, historically, we, we don't have that uh, uh, meat and poultry processing grant program. Uh, it's, it's something that's brand new this year, and that's a, a direct reflection uh, of the coronavirus. And so we talked a little bit about meat processing and how that's been impacted by the coronavirus, but uh, but a lot of those have been the larger facilities. Here in Arkansas, we only had really four uh, USDA-inspected facilities outside of the larger uh, processing, uh, the poultry processing side. Uh, three of those were for beef. One was for poultry, and those, were, again, were, were very smaller scale. Uh, so the producers had, had really limited options, uh, and we saw... Uh, saw some of the disruptions earlier this year. You know, people go into grocery stores and they're not meeting those those meat products. Uh, they're available for them. Uh, it wasn't that the meat wasn't there, and uh, with you know within the U.S., just that the supply chain disruptions wasn't able to get those where they needed to be, uh, and when they needed to be there. So we worked with <clears throat> worked with our. Our partners worked with Arkansas Farm Bureau, worked with Arkansas Cattlemen's Association, uh, worked with the industry uh, to, to try to help 
uh, alleviate some of those negative impacts. Uh, and we came up with this meat and poultry processing grant program. Uh, so we we went to went to the governor, went to the the legislature, uh, and, and every state uh, re- received uh, through the congressional coronavirus relief fund. Uh, every state received an allotment, you know, about 1.25 billion dollars to the state of Arkansas uh, for coronavirus assistance. Uh, so we went through a, a CARES Act steering committee, went to the legislature and proposed this to them, uh, and were able to uh, initially get $5 million for this program. Uh, we set up a review committee, uh, again, made up of our partners uh, and, and with us from a Department of Agriculture standpoint to uh, really look at the, the applications and the need and, and try to divide that $5 million as best as we could. Uh, and what we realized was, was really that we needed about $10.4 million. And so we went back to the legislature and got approval. Uh, total overall program funding was about $10.4 million uh, through the coronavirus relief fund uh, dollars that were allocated to the state. Uh, and through that, through the through that review committee, we're, we're able to fund 31 facilities uh, that will greatly increase the capacity for a lot of these smaller processing facilities uh, to, to do more production, you know, an additional 2,000 head of cattle, 850 hogs, 7,400 poultry per month. Uh, so we really think that that will uh, create a, uh, a great impact uh, on our state uh, on the meat and poultry side, uh, while also making sure that, you know, depending on how long we have to, to struggle through the coronavirus itself. Uh, but aside from that, if, if there are other disruptions in the future, that Arkansas will be better prepared to handle those. Uh, aside from just the the additional production processing capacity, uh, you know that 10.4 million dollars is anticipated to create about 250 full-time jobs as well as 75 part-time jobs, uh, as well as provide additional uh, value-added processing capacity and education and workforce development. So, so we're we're really excited about that program. Uh, hopefully, you know it it will have the intended impact, and we think that it will. Uh, but it was really, again, just a, a partnership with our stakeholders on, on working through that, identifying a need, finding a solution, and, and working to address that as, as quickly as, as we could. Kind of a two-part question here. Can you tell us about how our farmers and ranchers were impacted in those areas? And can you also tell us where trade relations stand between the U.S. and China now that phase one of a trade agreement is being implemented? Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, you know, the topic of, of China and trade and the trade wars has been something that we've, we've really spent a lot of time on over the last couple of years. And really, really, that really started a couple of years ago in 2018. Uh, and, and there are Arkansas commodities that are, you know, pretty negatively impacted uh, by those trade disputes and soybeans being being a, a large part of that, uh, not just in Arkansas, but, but across the United States on uh, China being a large uh, purchaser of U.S. soybeans, that uh, of course has an impact on Arkansas soybean producers. And you know, typically in Arkansas, we're uh, we're a little bit lower this year uh, in the last couple of years, uh, but generally about three million acres of soybean production in Arkansas every year. Uh, so you've got that much in production, you've got a lot of producers that are being impacted, uh, you know, by those trade disputes. And so uh, we we've worked uh, with the administration uh, quite a bit on that, and Governor Hutchinson has been very involved in, uh, in a lot of those discussions as well on, on a very high level, uh, And but something that uh, was needed, you know, and, and I think a lot of producers look at that, and certainly there were uh, some 
some really negative impacts from that. All of us, I think, from from across the agriculture industry, were very optimistic that uh, this year, 2020, we would, as I mentioned earlier, would really start to see us coming out of some of those negative implications from the trade disputes. Uh, and then, of course, the coronavirus hit. Uh, and so uh, it's been a challenge uh, and it's, it's an ongoing challenge, uh, but it's been something that uh, we've all been very dedicated to. Uh, you know, even just earlier this week, you know, we had a, a conference call with USDA, uh, APHIS, uh, you know, Animal Plant Health Inspection Service. And we have we have that call every month. Uh, and, and one of the recurring topics every month is is China and, and where we're standing and how things are going. Uh, and so there continues to be progress. Uh, USDA is, is, is still uh, optimistic on, uh, on the progress that's being made there and China's following, following their commitments as best as they can. There's still a lot of, a lot of work to do there. Uh, but when you, when you look at, you know, purely from an agriculture standpoint, you know, from, from an Arkansas standpoint, agriculture is a $21 billion economic impact. Uh, and you look at, Arkansas has a population of about 3 million people, the U.S. population of 300 million. Uh, and then you look at China uh, with about 1.4 billion people. They're a, they're a very large country, a lot of people uh, that consume a lot of agricultural products. Uh, and the U.S. Uh, is, is a great producer of these ag commodities that they need. Uh, and so it's important. Uh, it's a great market for, uh, for the U.S. And, and for Arkansas producers. Uh, so, so we're you know, I, I would say cautiously optimistic of the progress and, and what we've seen over the last few months. Uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned rice and Arkansas is the, the largest producer of rice in, in the United States. Uh, we were pleased to see back in October the, the first shipment of, of U.S. grown rice make its way into China. And of course, that came from, from California. Uh, there's really six rice producing states and uh, that first shipment came from California. But we're, we're excited for, for what that means for the rice industry because it, it shows uh, China's willingness to, to import uh, U.S. grown products, agricultural commodities, but in particular the rice, and, and what we hope is that that will lead to uh, you know, further uh, future pur- purchases of, of U.S. grown rice uh, and Arkansas rice. And you know, we've, we've we've spent quite a bit of time over the last several years working with uh, the Chinese on on getting our rice mills approved for exports, and so we we have those. Uh, seven of the 32 facilities that have been approved by the Chinese are, are in Arkansas, and so uh, we're optimistic that as, as things continue, we, if we continue to try to you know, get over the coronavirus hump, that uh, that that will expand even further. Uh, but lastly, just on, on the China front, uh, you know, the recent news uh, that China purchased purchased uh, 4.8 billion dollars worth of U.S. food, agriculture, and seafood products during October. Uh, so that's a good sign. You know, certainly they haven't been able to purchase as much as they uh, committed to under the Phase One agreement because of the coronavirus. But uh, all accounts show that they're they're making progress and they're trying to follow their commitments as best as they can. Uh, and that has an impact on U.S. agriculture, has an impact on Arkansas agriculture, uh, and something that we'll we'll continue to be involved with for for the foreseeable future. Can you talk to us about your efforts at eradication and also maybe how the hog population is affecting our farmers and ranchers in the state? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, feral hogs has been a, has been a growing problem uh, that we, we feel like we're, we're making some good progress on. It's, it's something that we're facing in Arkansas, but, but other, other states are, are facing the same challenges as well. Uh, and, and I mentioned a while ago, you know, we had a, 
a conference call call with USDA, and they they hold that conference call uh, with with all 50 state departments of agriculture. So our, our counterparts, my counterparts throughout the country, uh, participate in that. Uh, but from a national level, you know, a frequent topic as well, you know, in addition to China has been feral hogs. And it's been something that a lot of states have, have struggled with and uh, continues to, to work on. Uh, but, but feral hogs, uh, you know, as, as you know, they're, they're an invasive species or public nuisance uh, and they, they compete for food resources. They destroy habitat. Uh, you know, they, they cause a lot of a lot of damage. Uh, they they're they're known to carry at least 45 different bacteria, diseases, and parasites, uh, including pseudorabies and brucellosis. Uh, so really, uh, really a lot of negative impacts uh, associated with feral hogs. And you know, in Arkansas, we've got 75 counties, and and uh, most would would agree that we've got feral hogs in all 75 counties. Some less than others, uh, but some. Uh, some pretty heavily populated feral hog areas of the state that are causing quite a bit of damage uh, across the United States. You know, there's there's about 38 states uh, that are that are dealing with feral hog problems, uh, and they're estimated to cause uh, over 1.5 billion dollars in damage uh, every year. Uh, and, and that's an old number. That's that's probably a 2012 number. We know that number's uh, a lot higher than that. Um, and, and particular uh, for agriculture, uh, about $800 million a year in damage. Uh, and again, that's an old number, and we, we think the number is really quite a bit higher than that. For Arkansas, you know, the, the impact, the, the damage impact to agriculture is estimated to be over $19 million a year. Again, we think that's low. We think it's quite a bit higher. Uh, so really uh, detrimental negative impacts caused by feral hogs that have an impact on on agriculture as an industry uh, have an impact on the producers, uh, uh, on their ability to produce the crops uh, and the livestock that we depend on. So uh, feral hogs has been an important issue that the Department of Agriculture has been engaged in over the last few years. Uh, and really, you know, we, we like to talk a lot uh, about partnerships and that's something that, you know, we going back to 2017 legislative session in Arkansas, uh, created a feral hog task force. And so we, we've had this task force that consists of 22 different member organizations and partner organizations uh, that are all committed to working together to address the feral hog problem. Uh, here in Arkansas, uh, just this last year, you know, we, you know, if you go back to the 2018 Farm Bill, uh, Congress uh, included a feral swine pilot program. Uh, and, and Arkansas was able to get $3.4 million uh, of that program uh, to help with our feral hog efforts here in the state. Of course, uh, once again, coronavirus has, has impacted the, the rolling out of that program and the ability to move uh, as fast as what we would have liked. But, uh, but we now have uh, technicians uh, throughout the state that are, that are helping to trap feral hogs. We're working very closely uh, with USDA uh, Wildlife Services and, and their efforts. Uh, as well as conservation districts throughout the state to address the feral hog problem. So I, I really do think that uh, it's, it's taken a few years, uh, and that's uh, something a lot of people would say is you're not moving fast enough, uh, and I would agree with that. We haven't moved as fast as what we would like, uh, but I do think we're, we're finally to a point where we're starting to see an impact and starting to see uh, the results of, of everybody working together and, and using the USDA programs and working in partnerships with each other uh, to, to really uh, make an impact on the feral hog problem here in Arkansas. And it's important, uh, as I mentioned, you know, 
significant impact to, to agriculture production, uh, and anything that does that is something that we want to uh, try to help uh, alleviate. And so, if, if we can if we can control that feral hog problem, it helps our producers to be more successful. It helps them to uh, not, you know, it really helps them on the uh, just on the operating side of uh, their ability to produce, but also their ability to make a, a living as opposed to spending spending money on on cleaning and fixing damages caused by feral hogs. They can focus their efforts on the production side. Uh, and so we're we're committed to helping helping through that. Uh, our goal was to eradicate feral hogs in Arkansas, and uh, that's a uh, some have said that's a pretty lofty goal, but uh, something we're going to do our best to to help achieve. Uh, are there any other projects or topics that you can tell our listeners about that that maybe we haven't touched on, or maybe just anything that you think they might want to know about um, your department or things things that you guys are working on? Yeah, I, I think uh, just a, a couple of general things. Uh, and so one in particular is uh, 2019, all of all of state government in Arkansas went through a, a transformation process uh, and that took effect on July 1st of, of last year of 2019. And so for us, from a from a Department of Agriculture standpoint, it really, really has been an effort uh, from the governor uh, to us and, and to the industry to say, you know, agriculture is our largest industry. Uh, we, we've got to make sure from a government standpoint that we're aligned and positioned to be helpful uh, to the industry, that we're not creating uh, unnecessary burdens, unnecessary regulations. Uh, we, we very much view it as a partnership. Uh, you know, granted, there, there's there's a time and place for regulations. There's a time and place for uh, for penalties for people uh, and for bad actors that, that don't do what they're supposed to. Uh, but for the most part, uh, and we see this across agriculture, not just in Arkansas, but uh, the, the agri industry is made up of people that want to do the right thing and, and want to be successful and, and want to work with others. And so we want to be that partner there with them. So from a state government standpoint, Arkansas Department of Agriculture, uh, we realigned some things. We've, we brought additional aspects uh, to the department that uh, had previously been other places really in an effort to, to better serve the industry and better serve our state. Uh, so I did want to point that out, uh, but also just to mention, uh, you know, if, if there are if there are areas that, that people see or, or if they're dealing with us on a particular item that uh, and something doesn't make sense or, you know, why, why is something the way that it is? This is uh, too difficult. It's too cumbersome. It's too burdensome. Uh, please let us know about that so we can uh, work to address those things. And, uh, you know, we're, we're committed to helping the industry uh, in any way that we can. Uh, fast forward from that, you know, we're, we're about to enter the 2021 legislative session. Uh, and so we're, we're excited about that. You know, I, I don't think that we'll have large uh, proposals um, that would affect the industry, but more so just modernization and cleanup language uh, for several areas. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to work on feral hogs. We'll work on industrial hemp. Uh, we'll work on fair funding, uh, but for the most part, it's going to be updating statutes uh, to to be more reflective of the needs of the industry. So, again, my my uh, my plea uh, to anyone that listens is uh, let let us know how we can be helpful. Let us know uh, what you see that needs to be approached differently, uh, and we we want to work with with y'all uh, to be able to accomplish that and better serve our state and better serve our industry. That's great. Secretary Ward, I really appreciate your time. Really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I will say that on behalf of the Federal Home Loan Bank of Dallas and also our member institutions across the state, I do want to thank you for talking with us today on BankCast. 
Uh, I also wish to tell our listeners that uh, you can visit FHLB.com for more podcasts. And from all of us here at the bank, we want to wish you and your families a safe and happy holiday season and a prosperous new year. Thank you. Thank you.